I think the most interesting thing about LCD sound system is... Is, is was what? I was done talking. That was it? Yeah. It was just dead air. Mm-hmm. There's nothing interesting. No, man. I, no, I, I think there is something interesting. What? They broke up. I don't think that's that interesting. No, I know. Well, because then they got back together like a minute later. So I like the idea of this show. This is still one of the first few times that we've done it. But the next however long that you and I are talking to each other, I will always think of as a complete waste of my time. Yeah. Just the fact that we are even sure, thinking fact- about this. I don't even want to call it a band. Yeah. We should come up with a different word. There's no doubt that when we discussed even doing LCD sound system, it's actually one of the things I hate most about this entire idea. Doing research about something that I hate or having to listen to the new songs or whatever of this stuff. Like bands that I legitimately do not like. Nothing about the band is redeeming to me. It's brutal. Only the internet could make this happen. Yeah. I will say though, the internet has blessed us with one thing. The singer looks like Steve Bannon. Do you think so? I saw that. I do. It looks like a young (laughs) Steve Bannon to me, you know. I think that's an example of how fucking boring this band is. That's what happens when you're boring is people find a way to make you not boring. Right. For the, let's be real, six months that everyone cared who Steve Bannon was. I mean, some people are always going to care because, you know, they got addicted to being mad about that guy's existence. But while he was the topic that everyone was talking about, they found a way to make this boring guy who looks like your uncle. Right. I have a serious question, though. Okay, so do you know how apparently your nose and your ears keep growing your whole life? Yeah. Does your whole fucking head do that? I don't think so. I I think it is just your nose and your ears. This guy's name is James Murphy, right? Yeah. All right. James Murphy, his head looks like it has continued to get larger throughout his life, but his face has stayed the same size. All his facial features are just like squeezed into the front. It looks like someone like pinched a balloon and then inflated it. Yeah. And then that, the part that got pinched is where his face is. That's that. Now that's all I'm going to see. He looks like a South Park character. So what do you think he did before the 2002 creation of LCD Sound System? Who fucking cares? This band name is garbage. (laughs) LCD Sound System doesn't fucking mean anything. Yeah. LCD is for visual displays on electronic devices. Liquid so, crystal So yeah, displays. I think that the image that it's supposed to conjure up is synesthesia, the thing where you taste sounds or hear colors. Jimi Hendrix is rumored to have had this, and it's something that happens to people when they take acid, also known as LSD, which would have been a better fucking band name. Yeah. LSD Sound System. I wonder if we would have hated it as much if it was LSD Sound System. Uh, no, I would immediately come into this with a more open mind. A different, yeah, with a different perspective. Like willing to be like, well, maybe he was tripping. Right. <laughs> this feels like if Derek Zoolander started a band. Oh, that's good. This is like New York Fashion Week was about to happen and you heard that someone wanted to overpay by a ridiculous amount of money for a band to play music that wasn't too distracting during their showing or whatever the fuck you call that bullshit. Right. Where people are walking on the runway. So he's like, oh, fuck, I better put together some trash elevator music and take this money. I know that's not how this got started, but that's what this feels like. If I was looking at this and someone was like, write an essay on how you think this got invented, it would start with Derek Zoolander at New York Fashion Week. Yeah. So how many people besides Pinchface... How many people are in the band besides him? Is This band consists of like 800 people. Are they in the band? Are they not in the band? That's the thing that frustrates me about this band is he always gets all the credit. I think it's a studio project. Right. I don't think it is a band. I think he just has to hire people because he can't run 50 fucking sequencers at the same time. Right. 
I watched one of the newer music videos and, they, you know, there's like eight people, quote unquote, in the band or whatever. But I don't know what they do. And even in the video, they're all literally just sitting at their instruments doing nothing because they're actually not playing their instruments in the song. This is Why are they there? They yeah. don't have to be there. They're just sitting there. I'm not kidding you. They literally are just sitting at their instruments, not playing them. And I'm not one of those people who thinks if you can't play something with strings, then fuck sure. you. Like, I'm not like that at all. Right. No, they can play piano. They can play keyboard. They can do all of it. Sure. But there's nothing. But there's actually there. no doubt. There's that's so simple that he could just do it himself. Because it really is. It's just about image. First of all, the word hipster was first applied way back in the day. Right. So the millennial use of the word hipster. Right. This is fucking that. True. And if you were ever like, why is everyone so mad about these hipsters all of a sudden? This is why. One hundred percent. LCD Sound System is one of the top three straight up hipster bullshit bands. And partially to blame is because of Pitchfork. For some reason, Pitchfork loves these like middle-aged dudes that have nothing going on in their life and they make a shitty record and this is it. Like the, he, he looks like and is like, I guess, the perfect example of what Pitchfork wants to be or something. I don't really know. I think that what people like about the way this looks is if he can do it, anyone can do it. That guy looks like he slept on couches right. for 15 years, yeah. wasn't technically homeless Still because, does. you know, he would chip in five bucks for PBR every now and then, right. then woke up at some point in his 30s and decided to become famous and then did it. Oh, wow. Anyone can achieve their dreams. And right. wow, isn't life magical? And no, it's fucking not because, well, let's just fucking say it. This guy co-founded one of the hippest record labels at the time. So LCD Sound System is a testament to the industry of PR. Right. And what happens, for people who don't know, this is real, is a publicist has a great client and they use that great client as leverage to get baby bands, shitty bands, pet project bands of some rich, powerful person, right. just whatever it is. The publicist uses their high-profile client, let's just say fucking Beyonce. If you're a Beyonce's publicist and you want to break some other artist, it, you don't even have to say it. It's unspoken, you know? It, it's something that I think people that don't understand anything about the music business or just think that it's based on quality of music alone whoa. don't understand <laughs> is, yeah. little education for you is that that is exactly how the music business works. It is all about leverage and who you know and what bands you work with. I mean, this is true in all aspects of the business, yeah. period. So if you think someone at Pitchfork or whatever magazine that you loved in 2003 or whatever just randomly came across LCD Sound System on Napster or fucking whatever program you were listening to, that is not true. It is because of leverage that he had. Well, Relation at the very least, relationships that he had. And it doesn't mean that everyone who gave them a favorable review right it could be fucking stockholm syndrome sure like on a subliminal level they know that they have to like this right so why not just fucking like it right <laughs> lcd kind of came out at peach peak pick pitchfork peak pitchfork peak pitchfork Ugh. uh times when pitchfork you know if pitchfork said something was good everyone at the time was just like uh like drooling over waiting to get it i have a friend that worked at a record store and I was standing there with her and a gentleman came in and asked when the new LCD sound system record came out. And she actually said to him, like straight to his face, like, you know, if you finished reading the article, 
you would know that the record comes out in two weeks. And it was just a Bitchfork article. Lemming. Yes. It's, it's, it's just tell people what to like and they'll like it. Yeah. To reiterate, I, I sincerely doubt that Pitchfork just stumbled upon the record. No, like, there's no universe where that happened. Right. He has relationships because of other things that he does. And so when, you know, favorable reviews for things gets you access to other things that you may not have, you know. Just this past week, I saw an article, all these music writers are pissed off at Kid Rock right now because he doesn't want to let someone into his show because they gave him a bad review. Right. Yeah, people listening to this who care about LCD Sound System obviously are not people who listen to Kid Rock and care about Kid Rock. But guess what? It's the same fucking media. Right. It's the same exact system. It's the same machine. The parts are not different. They don't get changed out because it's a band that you like versus a band that you don't like. Right. If someone burns someone, they get burned back. Right. And it's all about who's in the position to burn. And also, I think that's part of the reason why people aren't as honest sometimes about things. When an artist reaches a certain level, it is rare, not impossible to find, but rare to find people that will openly shit on something that they do. You know, Beyonce could literally put out a record of her farting into a microphone and more than likely, a lot of people are going to go, you know, it's it's different. You have to. But they're going to find something positive because, yeah, they don't want to get locked out yeah. of all of the other access that they get. The problem that media is facing now is they're not getting the clicks because they aren't the intermediary between the fan and the artist because social media exists now. I was reading something the other day about how someone analyzed Metacritic, which aggregates all the reviews that things get, and found that no albums are getting panned anymore. This used to be a thing. If someone put out a shit record, it was a dog pile. Everyone who wrote about music would just fucking jump on it right. and call bullshit. This is bullshit. Fuck you. You can't force us to like this. And that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Because, because if you do that, these people can activate their fan base right. and boycott your fucking magazine <laughs> right. or whatever. They have so like, much more power now than they used to have. And it's a fucking problem. Right. I miss the gatekeepers, Mark. Yeah. You know, listen, we could probably do an entire podcast about music business and, and the gatekeepers for better or worse. Like, I miss it. I, I do too. Well, fucking quality yeah. control. The downfall of technology is that, you know, there's a handful of uh, hip hop artists that I'm convinced record their music on their phones and literally upload oh, dude, it. Yeah. Which we will discuss. Why wouldn't you? Which, you know, you know there are LCD sounds system songs that sound like he recorded it in a bathroom on an airplane on his phone and then literally just put it on a record that's what it sounds like to me here's this quote that i found from james murphy quote the world doesn't need any more music end quote so fuck you then dude yeah. fucking stop putting out albums go do some shit that you think the world needs what is this is this nihilism does nothing matter is right. that what we're saying why would you say what I do in the world doesn't matter. Isn't that just like a huge fuck you to everyone who likes his music? Yeah. Well, I I watched a piece of that going away show thing or whatever that they did. This dude, this band really believes that they're like an important band and will stick out in history somehow as being different than any other band that's done what they've done, but way better. That's the thing. This is mediocre at best versions of whatever genres you want to stick them in. Well, they clearly are very important to the people who think that they're important. Yeah. I would argue that those people are clueless. Right. And that reunion show, Vice's music, Branch, Noisy, interviewed a bunch of kids outside that reunion show. So from what I can tell, people like this because it's not good. 
Does that make sense the way no, I said that? It, it, People hear the flaws in this. It is not mixed well, for one thing. If you listen to electronic music, this shit is not mixed well. Their fans think that that's punk rock. Their fans fucking like that. It's part of the charm. I went and listened to- It's part to, of the charm, dude. Yeah, exactly. That's what they say. I went and listened to the one album, Sounds of Silver, that everyone says is their best album. There's one song on that shit that I could hum to you right now. It's not very memorable, and that song got ruined because of the way that the mix is done. I get what they're trying to do. I completely right. understand it. It's just not fucking good. If you listen to the first song on their first album, they do this classic thing where they name check a bunch of legendary bands Bands. The idea, I guess, is for you to then associate this band that you're currently listening to. Are you talking about that song that they have that's titled something like Daft Punk? No, I want to get Daft to Punk played my house or some bullshit. The bands in this song are Daft like... Daft Punk is playing my house. That's one of the songs. It's a song. It's like Slayer putting out an album titled Metallica plays sick riffs. <laughs> you just make fun of it automatically. Lars would sue the fuck out of you. You'd probably get Okay, sued. so the bands in this song where they're name checking all these bands are Can, Suicide, Talking Heads, The Fall, This Heat, Scott Walker, this is all tremendously good music. Sure. The best shit in your record collection, you know? Sure. And I'm certain that if I went over to James Murphy's house, he and I could go through his fucking music collection and have yeah. a great time listening to music that we both love. Sure. I am not arguing with that, but his band is fucking trash. Nothing LCD Sound System has done or ever will do deserves to even be mentioned in the same breath as those bands. So I think that, getting back to how confused LCD Sound System fans are, they just don't go listen to this shit. Right. Basically what you have here is a guy who's like, A, the world doesn't need any more music. Right. B, the first song on our first album is telling you why. And the reason why is all these other great bands already fucking existed. Their music isn't going anywhere. Right. It's not gone. You can just go listen to it. Right. And you should because I don't think that the world needs any more music and I clearly don't respect you or what I'm doing. Sure. Outside that reunion show, they asked the kid what his favorite song was and he said... I like the version of Daft Punk is playing at my house from the live album because, quote, there's this one lick when he says Daft Punk is playing at my house and the synthesizer starts playing Daft Punk, a riff on Daft Punk. It just fucking blew my mind. Wow. Like, did that blow your mind? <laughs> the most obvious thing that every band that's ever covered a band or referenced a fucking band does in their live show? Yeah. That's day one rock shit, dude. Yeah, I was gonna say, dude, like... That's so common in so many live things that I've listened to. It's crazy. That's the thing that blows your mind the most. When I saw that, I almost texted you, maybe we shouldn't do this episode because these people are clearly developmentally challenged. Right. There is a weird thing, though, that they people do think, okay, here's a good litmus test that we should apply to every band. If this band wasn't from wherever they're from, would people care? If they weren't from New York City where automatically there is a actual punk rock history, like of true punk yeah. rock bands coming out of New York City. But their fans don't know that. No, I know. I guess for some reason in my head, I like people give it credence because it's a New York band. If they were from Arkansas, would they... If they're from Arkansas and the co-founder of DFA Records... it always Records, goes back to him, right? It always goes back to him. He could have been from Alaska if he co-founded DFA Records and that became the next big thing. Yeah, that's fair. I, but I mean, it's not like LCD did live from CBGB and let yeah. like 50 of their fucking best fans in there like that would have been a punk rock historian move right, like right. I want to throw back to the days when I thought that the world needed more music right what's hilarious here is when you criticize this band 
Something that the fans say is, okay, but have you seen them live? Right. Like, that's the thing that's going to make it all make sense. That's actually true. Which is... I have a couple friends that are big LCD fans, and they actually, you know, had experience. Like, oh, you got to see it live. You got to see it live. That was always a thing. It's like, why do I need to see it live? Yeah. This guy sat in a room and came up with a bunch of shit, and then he had these other people press the buttons. Why is watching more people do one man's job? Uh, But I know why. Do you know why it's better? No, I don't. Drugs and alcohol. Oh, that's, that's what happens at concerts and festivals. You fucking get drunk and you get high and right. you're with a bunch of other people who seem to like the same shit you like and now you feel cool. But basically everything's better. Than you feel like you belong. It's connection, right. you know? And that's a huge thing when this band did that fake breakup. And I'm, it's a yes. fake breakup. It, it, okay, they broke up for less time than most bands take to release their next record. Big bands. I'm not talking like new bands. No, Tool. Like Tool. Tool should do this every time. Yes. Tool should break up every time they put out an album and then do this. Well, if you were to take the, what, the three years that they were broken up, was it three years or something like that, three or four years. Tool hasn't put out a record at this point, but I think when we're recording this in like 10 plus years or something, what the fuck? This is the one of the things that frustrated me learning about, talking about, reading about. Anything less than 10 years before you do a reunion isn't a breakup. You just went on hiatus. You took a break. Yeah, you got sick of looking at each other's stupid faces. Yeah, or you ran out of money, which I don't care what anybody says. People break up their bands and some people in the bands make bad decisions. Yeah. They spend their money. And now I need the reunion yes, to I, yeah, get I, my I'm not going to name names, but I know people that are in bands that have actually done this exact thing. Yeah. Other members, not necessarily them, but sometimes them too. They make bad decisions. They run out of cash. And then the other people feel responsible. It's basically a favor to someone that you used to be really tight with. We'll we'll, we'll get back together and you take care of your money this time. All right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to come back. But that's not what this is. At no point was this that. Right. The reason why it wasn't even a breakup. Okay. Check this out. James Murphy has stated to the press that this is the reason why his band broke up. And it's that they booked Madison Square Garden and they wanted it to sell out. What you need Madison Square Garden. If anyone is not in the concert business and you don't know this, there's certain historical venues like that where if you book a show there you are fucking guaranteed to lose money probably even if it does sell out right. so you really want it to sell out the Ryman here in Nashville say the Ryman, is a great the Ryman here in Nashville is a great example yes. you're probably gonna lose money if right. you're just a band that wants to play the Ryman because it's cool because the costs are so high to do a show there yeah. and Madison Square Garden is the same way so the promoters are worried about it not selling out and they start bringing up ideas for a support act an opening act they start talking about like big boy from Outcast. If we get Big Boy from Outcast to open up this show, it'll for sure sell out. I mean, fucking Outcast could sell out Madison Square Garden by themselves. Say, like, yeah, what the fuck? I'm probably for a week. So they bring up Big Boy, and James Murphy gets mad and said, Oh, yeah, well, it'll probably sell out if this is our last show, and hangs up the phone. And boom, now all of a sudden you're committed to your band breaking up. Right. That's all that it was. It was this, to drive it, ticket sales. Now, how, if you're a fan of this band and you find that out, how do you fucking put up with this shit? Right. Well, it also just shows you to the level of where egos we're dealing with here. We're dealing with ultra high level of ego to the point where, you know, bands have ups and downs. That's just true for all bands. All bands go through ebbs and flows, drawing lots of people, not drawing lots of people, whatever. So instead of just continuing on and playing appropriate rooms, which may be a little bit smaller and say... <laughs> We're going to stop being a band. And therefore, of course, the shows sell out. They decide they're going to do a live album, which is the last show. The documentary They thing. do a documentary, which does not come out for three fucking well, years. Well, yeah, to remind you, hey, we're obviously not going to stay, quote unquote, broken up. 
here's a little piece to remind you of how good you felt and all the emotions you felt yeah. when you thought this was the last time you were going to experience this. And then a year later, press releases were back. Yeah, there's no reason that should have taken as long as it did to be released. But it does magically correspond to all of a sudden they're releasing a new single. There are starting to be churning rumors of them coming back and boom, here they are coming back again. And then of course, you know, rightfully so, people are questioning the validity of them coming back and why they're coming back. Oh yeah, I feel betrayed that they're coming. It's like, what? If you liked this band, wouldn't you be happy that they're yeah, back? because they're not, because it's, it's just about the bullshit. It wasn't about, exactly. Yeah. It was never about, the, it was, it's, it's, it's just all about this it's just all about this, uh, you know, I feel like I've been social super- <laughs> experiment or something that is LCD sound system. I feel like I've been super pissed this whole episode. You finally just got on my yeah. wavelength. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's frustrating. That shit annoys you. You got it. Cause look, if you're a favorite band, a band that you really love, I would be like, so happy. <laughs> exactly. You wouldn't even for one second go, Oh, why the fuck are they back? You'd be like, Oh fuck. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. But you feel bamboozled because you did get bamboozled because everything this about this band that you loved is a fucking sham. My favorite thing that I found when I was looking stuff up, I had to read so much to do this episode just because I knew that I hated this and I knew why, but I didn't have enough details to, you know, make sentences about it. I could just do caveman noises. But (laughs) my favorite thing that I found in all that research was that thing that I sent to you after they got back together after chilling on a couch playing Mario Kart for three years or whatever the fuck they probably did. And they're playing at some festival in Scotland and nobody is watching them. Yeah. Nobody's watching LCD Sound System because the Red Hot Chili Peppers, a truly horrendous band, yeah. is playing at the same time on another stage. And everyone makes the conscious decision to ditch LCD Sound System and at least see a band that people will be talking about in 10 years. Yeah. Even if it sucks, in 10 years, I'll get to say I watched that band suck. In 10 years, if I talk about how I watched LCD Sound System suck, no one's going to give a fuck. Yeah. I can't help but wonder what they said to each other when they walked off that stage. What the fuck just happened? Oh, yeah, because people don't actually care about your band. That's a perfect reason to break up again. Maybe they will. I can't imagine caring. If you're in a band and you're listening to this, if you break up, you're saying we are breaking up. You cannot get back together for at least 10 years. Yeah, Like it should be required. If a band is breaking up, block emails from them or messages (laughs) from them for at least 10 years. You can't, we're not writing about you for a decade. I feel like they got called out on it pretty good. They got called out by it hard. There was an interview. I didn't get a chance to fully read the interview. I wish I would have, you know, where they touched on that, where they talked about money as being a, a motivator for getting back together. And they admitted in the interview, like it's not that it was solely about the money. But it also wasn't necessarily not about the money. You know they, what I mean? You know, they, were, they never wanted to break up. This fucking guy got his jimmies rustled about the promoters saying that he needed outcasts help to sell out Madison Square Garden, which newsflash, homie, you fucking did. Right. They weren't going to sell out Madison Square Garden unless they did this bullshit. Right. They never even really wanted to break up. It was just he got heated, slammed the phone down, and you got to Trump walk that. You got to fucking stick with what you said. Yeah. Look like an asshole (laughs) and just fucking still win because you're a mediocre white guy. Right. Oh, man. Follow me on Twitter. It's uh, T-Y-L-E-R-M-A-H-A-N-C-O-E. Tyler Mayhan Co. Mark, what's your Twitter? My uh, Twitter is Music City Mark. If LCD Sound System is your favorite band, your favorite band sucks. Your favorite band sucks. (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to Your Favorite Band Sucks. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Whether you love what we do or hate what we do, we promise to keep doing it if you keep listening. In the episode, I mentioned that I listened to LCD Sound System Sound of Silver. Uh, I did, and I actually, I took notes and I forgot to read them in the episode, and I would hate for that time to have been wasted. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read those notes now in case anyone wants a little bit more hate on this band. Here are my notes. Right away, it's hilarious how bad this is. The first synthesizer sounds like a hooting owl. I can only assume that anyone who likes this has never heard Fear of Music or Remain in Light by Talking Heads. The vocals sound like scratch vocals. Uh, If you don't know, scratch vocals are what a singer does in the studio for everyone else in the band to have vocals while they're recording their parts. And then the singer goes back in and records the real vocals for the actual album. I think Sound of Silver sounds like they never went in and recorded the real vocals. Oh, I guess that was all the first song. Right here I have written the second song is just more Gang of Four wannabe bullshit like every other band Pitchfork has fallen in love with for the past 20 years. For electronic music, this is mixed really bad. The stuff that's supposed to drone through the whole song and be dissonant when the rest of the song shifts is way too high in the mix. Please listen to New Order instead of this band. Man, finishing this is brutal. I'm on the next to last song and it feels like it's never going to end. The best comment on the YouTube video where I'm listening to this is, people will look back in 15 to 20 years and realize how influential this album actually is. No, the fuck they will not. There is nothing influential about this because it is 100% derivative. Alright, next week on the podcast, Mark and I are talking about Green Day. And honestly, I almost feel bad about it because if you still like Green Day, then you just don't know any better. But still, they really do suck, so we kind of have to do it. See you then.